This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman. Hey, that's three. From Carpat and Finland, Jesse Jarvis. He takes the snap, and J.C. Sherritt goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it. Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. Coming to town as the Eskimos try to recover from their second half disaster against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. In a couple of minutes, you'll hear from Eskimos defensive back Cord Parks, one of the much maligned members of the Eskimos secondary. The Toronto Blue Jays lead San Diego 2 1 to the bottom of the fourth. The Jays making a trade today with San Diego, who they're playing tonight. They get outfielder Melvin Upton Jr. from the Padres. 2.56 average this year, 16 dingers, 45 driven in. The uh, Blue Jays give up a minor league right-handed pitcher, Hansel Rodriguez. Josh Donaldson has a homer tonight. The Jays lead the Padres 2-1 in the bottom of the fourth. All right, Mike Riley, by the way, one of the top three performers for the CFL. They Went away from the defense, offense, all that stuff. Jeremiah Mazzoli, undoubtedly one of the selections as well. Naaman Roosevelt, wide receiver for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, also getting the nod. A lot to get to tonight. We'll have a couple members of the Oilers' blogosphere in studio. Ryan Batty and Matt Henderson will go to Winnipeg and bring in receiver Weston Dressler. Oh, and we're also going to talk about this. I could listen to that all day. I, in fact, I was listening and watching to it over and over again at my desk getting ready for this show, and that never ceases to uh, give me the old goosebumps. Donovan Bailey winning gold in 1996 in Atlanta. H- has it been 20 years? Yes, it has. It was, it'll be 20 years tomorrow, July 27th. 2016, uh, when Bailey won the 100 meters in Atlanta. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat at 6.08. Kellen Kennedy is on the other side of the window. Now, we are going to bring in Donovan Bailey in about, uh, what are we looking at here, Kellen? About 8 to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll get Donovan an extended interview with Donovan Bailey as he'll look ahead to uh, the Rio Olympics and, of course, look back to 1996, and people can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. You can text 63630. Uh, we'll have some open line time uh, throughout the show, obviously not while Bailey is on at 780-496-0063. Um, 
if you watch that, where were you? What are your memories of it? And if you're maybe a little too young, you weren't born or you can't quite remember it, where, where then I'm curious, where does that figure in to your Canadian sports history moment? It is not a hockey moment. I know for me, I did not see Paul Henderson score in 1972, but hearing stories from my elders, <laughs> certainly my parents and other people of that generation, it's hard not to rank that, even though I didn't witness it as, uh, as Canada's number one sporting moment. Moments I witnessed, it's Mario Lemieux in 87, number one, Donovan Bailey in 96, number two. I really do. With all, all respect to the Olympic hockey tournaments that Canada has won and some of those great moments, it's Lemieux 1 and, and Bailey 2 for times where I just went completely nuts as a, uh, as a Canadian sports fan. You can tell me what you think, and we'll bring in Donovan Bailey, like I said, in just a few minutes. I want to kick it off, though, with a, a little bit of football, and the Eskimos' secondary shredded against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They're going to have to... Uh, Stand tall against Matt Nichols and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and our Dave Campbell. Talk to defensive backcourt parks. You know, with anything, it takes some growing and some molding. Guys are um, obviously, you know, coming off a great cup. It's going to be more pressure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fans, they want to see the same results from last year. So, you know, from that standpoint, we're, we, you know, we're working to get guys caught up and get guys in position so they can make plays. And like I said, it's, it's still it's certain key pieces in the defense that have been replaced, you know, yeah. with me, myself, with, um, you know, with, uh, with Latler being on the nickel spot. And, you know, we've, we went through a few field corners already mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just all around. So guys meshing and, you know, that's a part of us getting in the meeting rooms and, you know, um, going over everything and I'm, I'm harping and I'm, I'm, I'm telling these guys and we're talking about different things to, to speed up the process because obviously we don't want to have that, that, that carryover for that long period. We want it to be yeah. just like, like when the you know the great cup teams here, everybody fill in, playing fast and getting to the ball. One of the losses uh, unexpected because we, you know, if he was healthy, he'd be on. Well, he'd be beside you and John Ojo. And I remember you, you and I talking about him, and you were just so impressed with Ojo. Yeah. But you got to move on in this business. Exactly. So tell me about the process working with the Dion Balu or uh, right now Solomon Means or yeah. Tyler Thornton, whoever you're working with. Yeah. Well, it, it, with me being, you know, the um, the veteran on that side, it's just me taking on more of the pressure to make sure that these guys know what they're doing, so they're able to play fast. Mm -hmm. So if that takes me putting myself in some some more, uh, let's say, challenging positions. It's expected, and I think the guys know that around me. You know, hey, we'll put him in some tough positions knowing that he'll make the play. So just taking a little bit more weight on my back, and like you said, just making sure that I get in in the meeting room with those guys, talk over the different things, and make sure that it's clear for them so they can play fast. I, I just want them to be able to play fast around me. And like I said, that, that happens. They get more comfortable. They start making plays. You get more confident. You know, then, like I said, it's just, it's just everybody's. It's, it's, it's poetry in motion after that. When you look at the big picture of the defense, you have really played only six bad quarters, except they have been really bad. And it seems like scoring, you know, the, the, the scores have really, you know, the it's teams have chalked up a lot of TDs on you. Right. Well, you know, with that, I think, you know, the, the key thing is also remembering that the guy across from you is getting paid. And one thing that I've been making sure that I remind guys is with, with the new iPads being on the sideline, if you made a mistake on something and they might have not seen it, somebody's seen it on the sideline now. So when we get back, making sure we correct those things. And like you said, it's just for us stopping the bleeding. Mm -hmm. Stop it right away. You know, and like you say, 
we 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 want to hold teams to no touchdowns. You know, that's 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 the reality of the situation. So I prefer us ironing it out, get it done now. Yeah. And and you know, I was talking with guys earlier, you know, who you don't want to deal with that, but you rather deal with it now, clean it up, correct it so later on when it's when it's time and, and just and just like you said, just getting things corrected immediately so that it later on it won't hurt us when it when it really, really counts. You mentioned the iPad, so adjustments can happen quicker now. A lot quicker. Um that has that has really elevated the game a lot. Um, you know, down south they had the pictures and I think they experimented with the iPads and I'm I'm very excited about that because like you say, when we as soon as we get out the field the plays are right there. So you're able to see exactly what you did, what you did wrong, correct it, get with the coach give it the guy beside you, and it's, it's, it's really going to help. Now, like you said, the, the, the minus to that is you screw up on a play, and let's just say that they didn't they didn't catch it. Yeah. They got somebody on the side looking at it as well, so they're going to come back to it. And I think, you know, that's kind of what happened this last game. That's that drive going in. Um, we had a couple little things. We covered up for it, and then they went in and saw that and were like, hey, all right, hey, we're going to try to – Mess with that. Mess with that. Keep messing with it. So, you know, like you said, it's just us being, having to be way more disciplined. It's already hard for defensive backs anyway in this league, right? Yeah. So just being more disciplined and being more, you know, um, on your on your keys. All right. That is Cord Parks remaining calm in the face of the storm after the Eskimos surrendered 31 straight points to blow the game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on uh, Saturday night. Interesting uh, stuff there about the, uh, and, we, and we've seen this for the last couple of years, the use of technology, using the iPads right on the, uh, the sidelines to check things out. Pretty cool stuff. But the Eskimos uh, seem to think that they're going to be okay, that they, they can play better and they will play better We'll find out more about this year's version of the team. It, there, it, it's natural to compare them to last year's team, and especially when last year's team won a championship, and say, okay, I think everything is going to be okay. And, and it's interesting to me with the, the two main teams in this city because the Oilers can do no right, and I'm not saying the Eskimos can do no wrong, but there's a lot more. As upset as fans were on Saturday, I still think they, you guys could have been, a lot of you could have been more upset. I mean, what if the Eskimos had gone 8-10 and 10 last year and blown that lead? I think people would be a lot more irate and a lot more frustrated. So I understand they have some currency built up. Um, if they don't beat Winnipeg, some, a lot of it's going to run out with me, that's for sure, because I, I've been running my mouth since the start of the season, the Winnipeg was going to have the worst team in the league, and uh, so far they are. They're one and four, though they are switching up quarterbacks. Of course, you can text six thirty six thirty seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the phone number. I also uh, want to let you know some Oilers stuff here. They have a special one day ticket availability for all home games for the upcoming season. A limited number of seats are going to be released on Thursday at ten a.m. For all of the team's inaugural season at Rogers Place, they'll be available at edmontonoilers.com while supplies last. So log on as close to 10 a.m. as possible to get the special, uh, to get the best selection possible. This is a special advance limited release for all Oilers home games for the 16-17 season. All right, we've been making you wait. We will get to tonight's main attraction when we get back. 1996 double gold medalist in Atlanta, Donovan Bailey, when we return. When you need concert tickets, you need 630 Chad. Dolly Parton, Dixie Chicks, Keith Urban, Chicago and Earth, Wind and Fire. 
Jerry Seinfeld, Demi Lovato, and Nick Jonas. More concerts, more tickets than any other station. Stay tuned for more concert announcements and more free tickets on 630Chad. I'm Joel Matlin, president of Think Protection. I named my new alarm company Think Protection because we think there's a better way to protect your home and family. With your Think Protection home alarm, monitoring is only $12.99 per month with no contract. And with Think Protection, you don't need a home phone line. Call 1-855-76-THINK or visit thinkprotection.com. 1-855-76-THINK. Think Protection. That was the sound of Jennifer walking. And that was the sound of Jennifer racing to Sleep Country's Tempur-Pedic Summer Celebration. That's because Sleep Country carries the most Tempur-Pedic mattress models in Canada with exclusive features that no one else has. If you've always wanted one, now's the time. The Tempur-Pedic Summer Celebration ends Sunday, so Jennifer's got the right idea by racing into Sleep Country now. Go, Jennifer, go. Sleep Country. Thanks for calling WinMobile. Yeah, your $40 everywhere plan. Where exactly can I use it? Anywhere in Canada and the U.S. Say I called my girl Mary in Grand Prairie. You're covered. Can I tweet at Gurjee in Bear Creek? Yep. Text Jess, my best from the Midwest? Good one. Just no sharing pictures with Pinder from Windsor. Aha! I'm kidding. Get unlimited Canada-U.S. talk and text plus 5 gigs of data on our home network with Wins Everywhere plan. Now just 40 bucks a month for 10 months. Offer ends soon. Visit windmobile.ca. Wind. True mobile freedom. Oh, hey, Edmonton, it's me, the river. Yeah, just wanted to... Hey. Oh, excuse me, must have been some fertilizer. Uh. Okay, that was a soapy one. <laughs> Anywho, just wanted to let you know that everything outside your house drains into me. So when you over-fertilize, or wash your car on the driveway, or dump paint outside, it makes me unwell. Please don't feed the river. See how you can help at riverforlife.ca. A City of Edmonton initiative. The biggest ticket event of the season is almost here. This Thursday, all Oilers home games go on sale. Take advantage of this special advanced opportunity to catch all the games, all the teams, all the stars, and all the highlights. McDavid is in. Wrist shot scores! What a, what a save by Cam Talbot! Don't miss your chance to experience your Oilers at their new home, Rogers Place. Get your individual game tickets during this special advance on sale this Thursday at EdmontonOilers.com. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 620 Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Tonight, less than a minute, you will hear from uh, Canadian sports icon uh, Donovan Bailey. Bernie Saunders texting the show. Oh, Bernie doesn't have much to do now, right? He's out of the race. He's endorsed Hillary. Feel the burn. Now he can finally say, hey, God, I got time to listen to Inside Sports. That that's not even a Bernie Saunders impression, but I just I was gonna uh, say just, that sounded more like God, what, what Christopher was, Lloyd. Why do I even <laughs> Doc try? Brown. With, why do I even try with the voices? They're all terrible, <laughs> and it was just spur of the moment. I was I was like, I'll do Bernie Saunders. I was li- I listened to a speech for I listened to a speech for two minutes last night, and I think I can do the voice. Yeah, 
Uh, Gordo says our whole school stopped to watch the Canada-Russia series. That was the best sporting event. I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, the Big L says, Reed, during the 2000 Sydney Olympics, I took great pleasure watching Canadian Kevin Sullivan finish fifth in the 1,500-meter final, especially while British commentator Sebastian Coe insisted that Sullivan did not have what it took to compete with the rest of the field. That is from the Big L. Big L, that is a beauty of a text. Is that, would that be called an arcane fact? Is that yeah. proper usage of the word arcane? Obscure. Obscure fact, because I don't think it made it. I, I, I don't you know, know if anybody would news. list that as a great moment in Canadian sports history, except the Big L and Kevin Sullivan's family. There you go. Uh, and with all due respect to all you Oilers fans, I'm happy to talk to you on a daily basis. And I'm one of them because I want the team to win. When we're discussing greatest moments in Canadian sports history... Oilers Stanley Cups don't count, guys. Okay, we're talking Canadian moments. Because the rest of the country, that ain't great to them. Especially if you're texting me, somebody texted me that a first-round Oilers playoff game they attended was one of the greatest moments in Canadian sports yeah. history. Yeah, got to think a little bit I, broader I hate here. to say this because I try not to use this word too much because I value all opinions. But if that's what you're saying is a great moment in Canadian sports history, uh, you're wrong. Now, if you're talking, okay. now so, if you're if you're talking Gretzky to Lemieux in '87 during a Canada absolutely. Cup, that's great. Yeah. Absolutely, that's a good goal. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, welcome to Inside Sports. The legend himself, great Canadian sprinter Donovan Bailey. Donovan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Beautiful sunny day in Toronto, so I'm uh, I'm happy. I'm quite happy today. Right on. Now, are you getting ready to to, to go to Rio? Or are you doing some more broadcasting, or what's up? I'm definitely getting ready for Rio. It's going to be amazing Olympics. We got some uh, phenomenal young talent, and uh, and plus it's 20 years since uh, since my big day. So uh, yeah, Rio is going to be amazing. So what do you what do you think about all this stuff going on with the Russian team, Donovan? You know, as a guy who was out there on the track, and uh, you, you know your sport dealt with all this all the steroid stuff back, you know, from Ben Johnson and going into your era. What do you think of this going on with the Russians? Like, should the whole team need to be thrown out, or where's your mindset with this? Well, my my mindset on drug use has always been the very same. I mean, it's very direct, it's very precise. If any country is uh, charged with or is accused of or found guilty of statewide doping. The entire uh, sports, the entire sporting body should be suspended. Just, I mean, and, and, and I think the very same way of, uh, of an athlete. If an athlete is, in, is, is, is caught to be intentionally doping, just throw them out. We throw them out. I mean, they have to be, I mean, obviously, the IAAF uh, and WADA, has their um, you know sentence protocol already, so but I think for both of those situations it's very direct, very precise, and and I would never change uh, you know my opinion on that. You know, as someone who's so closely associated with the Olympics, not just because of what you did, but you continue to cover them, is I mean, does this just get tiring to you? Where it's it always seems that there's something, you know, there's always something going on. Like it just never ends, and there's always questions or doubts or something that tarnishes it. I mean, is it is it just does it wear you down after a while, or or because it, it just seems to never end, Donovan? Well, you know what? You're right. You're right about that. I mean, it it, it is amazing. That, 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 that for this sport alone, I mean, it doesn't happen in baseball, it doesn't happen in hockey, it doesn't happen in, in basketball, and there's tons of negative things out of those sports. But it seems that uh, in, 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 in my professional sport, it seems that there's always 
the, it's almost has this stigma that, 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 that uh, there's always a black guy with, with some sort of doping because of the idiots that have done it. And, 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 the, and, and also the, 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 the countries who believe that, that they are so insecure, they don't have any talent, that they feel that they, 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 that they need to dope. Uh, and, 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 and all of these things are happening all along when there are incredible young athletes doing it right, winning championships, breaking records, uh, and, 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 that, and, that's not, and that's not at all, uh, and, and that's not all, um, and, it's, and, and, and that's not focused on. Well, you're right. I mean, and that's unfortunate because more people are talking about this than, than teeing up some of the some of the great athletes. And we have some great Canadian athletes. And I, and I, and I want to remember Atlanta with you, of course. But let's just, uh, you know, touch on, uh, obviously, uh, DeGrasse is a big story going in for Canada here in the sprint. Um, just tell us a little bit about the sprint team, Donovan, and how you see their, their chances to hit the podium. Well, one, uh, we have athletes that, uh, that, that we hope will make the finals. That, that's the first thing. I mean, Andre, it's his first Olympic Games. <clears throat> uh, he's young, very fast, uh, you know, great coach, great support system. He's worked with my old team. You know, so he's going to do well. Aaron Brown is doing, you know, the, the, he's the only other sub-10 uh, Canadian athlete uh, going into Rio. So I, I hope that both of these guys can make it to the finals. The number, one thing, the number one thing that I tell these guys is this. One, you need to make it to the finals to give yourself a chance. And, and really, that's what, that, that's what the Olympics really is all about. I mean, obviously, Andre and Aaron and, and Akeem Haynes are the three representatives uh, for the 100 meters. Uh, I hope those three guys will, will all run personal bests, personal, personal bests in, uh, in Rio. And, and, um, and uh, I hope that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I hope that, that I, I want to see Andre on the podium. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, but as far as the rest of the team, we've got, we've got incredible athletes. We've got... Um, Sean Barber, who is a reigning world champion, mm-hmm. you know, in the pole vault. He's, I mean, again, incredible talent. Derek Jordan, reigning world champion uh, in the high zone. Incredible talent. Uh, you know, we have uh, Damian Warner, who's, who's, uh, who should be a decathlon. He, he absolutely is, is one of the top two and, and should, and, and Ashton Eaton is, is, is his competition. Uh, Liz Gleadle should, should get a medal in the, in, in the women's uh, javelin. So I'm just happy as a fan. You know, that I can get out and cheer kids that are wearing Maple Leaf and they're going to go out there just to kick butt this year, which is awesome. Well, let's hope they do that. Donovan Bailey, please hold the line. The 1996 100-meter champion and 4x100-meter relay champion. He's going to take us down memory lane to those two wonderful events when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Donovan Bailey joining us on Inside Sports, and it is 20 years since you won the 100-meter gold medal in Atlanta. Actually, it'll be 20 years tomorrow for the exact day. And, and Donovan, a lot of Canadians, especially you know around my age and older, categorize that as one of their great Canadian sporting moments. What, what do you remember about, I mean, obviously we'll get to the race, but what was that day like for you? Because I think you would have had the semifinals and the final, and, and, and you, know, you know you're the world champ going in. Just what was that day like with the expectation and the hype and just everything going on around that race? 
Well, one, I mean, it was a tough morning because I woke up the morning of the finals and, and there was a bombing that happened the night before. You know, so, so, so that I woke up, I, didn't, I actually thought that when Dan, when my coach told me that that had happened, I thought he was joking. I thought he was trying to figure out if I was focused or not. Uh, but you know what, that, again, that was unfortunate. Uh, you know, but that, that was how my day started. I started with breakfast and, and we heard about that. We, 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 you know, we inquired about um, if anyone was hurt and, and, and all of that. And then uh, just, you know, just kind of gone, went through the day, uh, you know, as, 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 as in a, a preparation day for, for the race. I went and got, um, you know, got a massage, you know, kind of relaxed uh, during the day and, and then just kind of, uh, you know, got ready, got ready to go into the semifinals. I was, I was very relaxed and, 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 and quite confident. I knew that, uh, you know, it was for me to lose. I didn't know what time I was going to run. Uh, my coach thought that uh, I should, if I ran a pretty good race, that means if I got out of the blocks, if I had a proper start, and I went through my, my, uh, my top speed middle transition, I should run maybe about 9.71. Uh, and, uh, and, and really, that was it. I, I, I just, I, it, was just, it was just that day. Uh, it was a regular day. I, I just thought, you know what? I've done all the work. Uh, I got to be relaxed. Not too much on my mind. Just, just, just relaxing and taking it easy. Well, I got to ask. I, I, I mean, I wanted to ask you what it was kind of like to be at the starting line and be in that moment where the race is about to start. But you had to do that four times. Christie had a false start. Bolden had a false start. Christie had a false start, and then wouldn't leave the track for a while until it was confirmed. And I remember maybe a little bit of grandstanding on his part. Maybe you have a different. <laughs> maybe you have a different opinion since you were right there a few feet away from right. him. But I mean, what was what was it like resetting? three times before the race finally, you know, counted. Well, you know what? I actually got, I got a little upset at those guys because I actually said them, I, I actually said to those guys in the blocks, I said, relax, the race is going to be over soon. I remember I said that to them. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, because, because I was, one, uh, I, was, I was so prepared, uh, but I think that it, it, like it, 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 it takes a little bit, it takes a little edge off, I think, that when you're, when you're there and there's a false start. And that's one of the reasons why it is, that, that rule changed. It, it, it's, the rule change that happens today is specifically from the race in 1996. At no point did I, did I think I was going to lose, and I think part of the problem with guys trying to pick uh, is, is, is everyone trying to jump on, on someone who they think that, 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 that they can beat or they, or they have this, the faint idea that, that, that they can win. Now, yeah, the, the, on the track, it was a little different. I thought, um, you know, sometimes having a conversation about a pure race is something I would have dreamt of having. Uh, the fact that I had to share that stage, I have to share the stage of me breaking the world record, being the Olympic champion, world champion, and world record holder, the first man in history to do that, not in Canada, but the first man in history. It's, it's, sometimes it, it, it's a little disheartening, almost like a slap in the face when, when you're, you know, when you have to share that with, with obviously, Linford. Uh, got disqualified and realistically should have just walked off the walked off the track. Now, I look at that in uh, like reflecting on that. That that's my opinion. On the track, I really didn't it didn't care because I was there for a job. My job was to win the race. That was what I was going to do. Donovan, I, I mean, you've mentioned how confident you you felt going into that race. I mean, you you said a couple minutes ago I knew it was it was my race to lose. 
having said that, <laughs> once the race started and, and and you know you go through those those nine point eight four seconds, at what point did you did you know it was yours? And I'm talking about in in the process of of being in. I mean, when was was it when you accelerated about sixty minutes in and kind of passed everybody? Was it when you were celebrating at the line? What was the moment of actually winning it like? Well, first of all, I you know I had a terrible start. I was I was a, I was the second last guy out of the blocks. And I thought, oh, man, this is not good. I mean, mind you, again, this is me reflecting, because clearly <laughs> I, didn't <think> that, <laughs> I didn't think that in the race. I didn't have, didn't have time to think that. But, but listen, I, I got out. Uh, I realized I, I, I had a terrible start. Um, and, and the whole thing, the whole, I mean, and, but we have practiced all of this. And, and, and um, yeah, I practiced all that. And, uh, and um, you know, I just realized that if I don't panic, I get into my acceleration phase, there is no man that existed before me, and the only man that, that's gotten bigger tops, a higher top speed than since then is Usain Bolt. So there is nobody, none of those guys are, are in my league. So I knew that if I, if I just relaxed, I would probably hit top speed later on, uh, which would probably be around the 60, 65 meter mark. And so I knew probably about that. I mean, I, I knew that when I got the blocks I, and I started getting back into my dry face and, and I could feel, you know, it's almost like um, I could feel, you know, Frankie and, and uh, the, the, the lanes be, be, between me. I, I could feel those guys. So I knew that I knew that I'd won it probably about 16 years. And, and, and I really, my job was just not to panic. <laughs> well, well said. Uh, you know, you're uh, for a lot of us. Well, most of us, millions of Canadians, we're watching on TV. We're watching on CBC. We're watching mm -hmm. uh, Don Whitman call the race. And I, I awesome. I, Don's I, awesome. I'm I, I <laughs> just. I mean, what is? I mean, the late Don Whitman. What's it like just to be linked with him? And and when you go back, I don't know if you ever go back and watch it, but when you hear him call it, just your feelings on that. First of all, I think people need to understand the relationship between Jeff Gowen and Don Whitman and myself. It is amazing that, that, that the, at the highest points in my life, you actually have a commentator. You actually have someone whose voice would live on as long as the race lives on, which is forever. And those two guys, Don Whitman and Jeff Gowen, were two of the very best in the history of the world at, at, at commentating in sports. Those two guys absolutely in a league by themselves man and and like it give me it just give me like like the, the thing is although i might be watching a race that i'm in i'm actually i could actually not race and 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 just and and just listen to the audio of those guys doing an impeccable job i mean i i got i got a chance uh, not only for those guys to to call my races but to be interviewed uh by don whitman and be interviewed by jeff cohen and believe me these guys are they are they are at the top of their game and and and, and easily uh the most knowledgeable people about any sport that they do just a couple more for you donovan donovan bailey joining us tonight on inside sports that was such an incredible moment for canada because we'd gone through the heartbreak eight years earlier with what happened with ben johnson in, in south korea um, did that weigh on you? I mean, was there? Did you have any relationship with uh, with Ben at the time, or or since then? How does that dynamic work for you? Well, I've never had a relationship with Ben, uh, so <laughs> that's that's that. Uh, and no, it didn't weigh on me. I, I think that uh, it was very important. Well, when I left to go train with Ben Pass, 
one of the things that we all we knew that uh, one I was gonna train and I was gonna uh, and I was gonna do my very best. Now, if my very best mean, meant that I was gonna be number one in the world, number one in history, or number eight in the world, uh, then that was gonna be it. Now, my goal was obviously to get out and maximize uh, my own <clears throat> athletic talent and 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 my and my physical blessings. Uh, so so I am so. 20 years ago and the duration of my career, I was just, I was extremely elated that one, you know, from, from, you know, from 1991 till 2001, when I was a professional athlete, you know, I have, I have an unblemished track record. And also the fact that our relay team, you know, I, I was very hard on the guys, but I, but they also recognize that, that the legacy that we're leaving for, for the Andres and Aaron's of the world today. Uh, you know, it, it was very, very, very important for me to do it right and for me to make sure that, that, that essentially I ruled the team with a heavy hand. Uh, so they also understood, uh, you know, what, you know, you know how, how things are and, and, and the fact that we have to train together and, and work hard and, and, and live, live the rest of our lives as champions. You know, the, that's the legacy that, that, that I want to leave. And, and ultimately, you know, that it, it, it worked out that way. All the guys are doing well. I talked to them. I talked. I mean, I saw Glenroy and Bruni. Uh, I speak to Carlton often, and Robert. I definitely uh, Robert's doing well out in BC also. So, so we st- we still stay close. Uh, everyone's doing well, and it's and 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 that overall experience, especially the fact that we got out and we were the number one team that in six uh, that for six years were the number one team in the world. There's no there's no other sport in Canada, no other team in Canada that's been number one in one particular sport in the world over six years. So, again, you know, hard work and, uh, you know, discipline and focus paid off. And, Donovan, one more for you. You mentioned the legacy. I mean, here we are 20 years later talking about your memories. If we're lucky, Donovan, we're going to be doing this probably at 30, 40, and 50, and who knows, 60 or whatever, right? Uh, (laughs) You you gave Canadians such a special moment. What's it like? for you to still be talking about this, to be mentioned with a Paul Henderson or a Mario Lemieux or a Sidney Crosby, some of these great hockey goals, and, and you gave Canada this incredible moment. I mean, you and the relay team, I don't want to exclude them, but, uh, I mean, what's it like to still have so many people want to embrace you and celebrate what you did two decades ago? Well, one, uh, I'm very humbled by it. Two, I know that I'm very blessed. Uh, you know, three, I think that, you know, in the history, we have a, in, the, in the 150 year history of Canada, there's only been two Canadians that has been at the podium. 1928, Percy Williams, uh, Percy Williams won the, um, won the 100 meters. And, uh, and I have the fortune and blessings to do that and break the world record in 1996. So the fact that I'm actually mentioned with Paul Henderson, who scored the goal, and, 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 and a few other uh, moments where the entire country, I mean, there's very few sports where the entire country, uh, you know, when, when essentially you're, 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 in the, you're in every single household in Canada. I mean, it, 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 it is an amazing feeling, and, and I'm, I'm so happy and, 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 and so blessed and so humbled by that to be, to be mentioned with, uh, you know, some of the other sports greats. Uh, that that has uh, that have put together uh, a, an amazing sporting moment uh, for the country. 
Well, Donovan, it's something I won't forget, and I know uh, people listening won't forget, and if they weren't born at that time or too young, they're probably listening in, to Don Whitman on YouTube right now and, <laughs> and watching you run. Thank you so much for your time, Donovan. What, what a pleasure to, for you to share those memories with us, and, uh, yeah, have fun covering the upcoming Olympics for sure. Not a problem, man. Thanks a lot. Chat to you soon. Absolutely. That is Donovan Bailey checking in tonight 20 years since he won Olympic gold in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, man, it clearly you, you hear how confident he was going into that race. He says it was his race to lose. He calls the day of the semifinals and the final a, a kind of a regular relaxing day. There was the uh, the Atlanta bombing the, the night before that uh, that uh, obviously shook everybody up, but he, but he put that behind him. And terrible start in the race, and then he said he knew 60, 65 meters once he hit his top speed. He knew he had it. You heard him say his coach said if everything went well, he runs a 9.71. Now, obviously, Usain Bolt has done that and, and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, Bailey still set a world record at 9.84 and maybe didn't quite reach his potential on that day. Great to have him on the show. A great moment in Canadian history. Um, though apparently Gordo on the text line didn't think it was an overly great inf- interview. He says, Bailey sounds like he's full of himself. That's from Gordo at 63630. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. If anything stood out for you in that, you want to let me know where you were in 1996. What was your experience of that race? We'll, uh, we'll move into some of that, and we have a couple of Oilers bloggers coming up. That'll be fun between 7 and 8. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, the Blue Jays have fallen behind 4-3 to San Diego. It's in the top of the seventh. We'll keep you updated on that and some of the other teams in the American League East as well. Todd's on the line. I'm going to bring him him in in, in, in about a minute here. I, you know, uh, Gordo sent that text in saying, Bailey sounds like he's full of himself. And I, and I will say this, from being a sports fan all my life and being in the sports media most of my adult life, I mean, let's face it, the guys in individual sports are much more likely to come across that way because you can't really, I mean, other than having a coach or a caddy in golf, you can't really say, well, yeah, I might have passed it behind my back and between my legs, but Kyrie Irving made the three-pointer. Or, yeah, I might have deked the entire other team and then scored top shelf. But Cam Talbot made a great save before. I mean, yeah, it's Donovan Bailey. I mean, he, 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 he did it. And what, what struck me in, in that was full of himself. Okay, you can look at it that way. I look at it as supreme confidence. And quite frank, frankly, that probably helped him a lot on the day of that race. And I mean, he won world championships as well. It sounds like he just won that out of the blue. He was a great sprinter of that time. And I, I think about that race. I, I know people, like, I know this is hockey country and, and football's big and, and the physicality of those games is great. I love it. But th- to me, there's something about being in a tidy little row with seven guys who probably all dislike each other. It's probably a big web of hate who all know they could win on any given day. Even the slowest guy on that race knows I might be able to pull this off today. And, and they're all trying to time it to that gun and intimidate each other. I mean, then, and then Linford Christie on that day was still trying to intimidate people after he got kicked out of the race. 
he was disqualified and he wouldn't leave. So do you you know what? Do you have to be a little full of yourself to be a successful sprinter? I, I, I would say you probably do. Anyway, uh, Todd is on the line. Hello, Todd. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, go ahead. Of course, Bailey's confident or cocky. If I'm not mistaken, it wasn't just an Olympic record. It was a world record at the time, 9.84. Yes, Yes, it was a world record. So in the history of the human species, no one had run faster than Donovan Bailey. Like, if you ever have a reason to feel confident or good about yourself, (laughs) years and years of evolution, no one had ever moved faster than Donovan Bailey. I mean, come on. Give the guy some slack. (laughs) Well, Ben Johnson had, but... uh, wound up not counting but oh yeah but i remember i remember the time i remember it vividly i recorded it on my vcr i went back and watched the clip a hundred times and then uh, a few days later when they crushed the americans the four by 100 that was an even bigger deal because that was supposed to be the americans for sure and they ripped the heart out of them right there in atlanta the best part about that you can go back and you can watch a really really poor video quality uh uh on on youtube about that John Whitman has the call. I don't think any. I don't think people remember how great uh, of, a, of an announcer Don Whitman was, and he's brilliant in his call of the four by one hundred meter relay. Him and his color commentator that day, they're just, they're just giddy. You can tell they're just giggling and, and holding each other in the booth. It was just a huge moment. They couldn't contain their excitement. It was fantastic. I'll, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Todd, thanks a lot for calling. I really appreciate that. 780-496-0063. West End Ron uh, calling in. West End Ron, remember, said the Eskimos were going to go 14-4. and We're holding you to that. He says, hey, Reed, July 1996, Donovan Bailey, I was holding my firstborn child. He was seven months at that moment. I'll never forget it. My top moments, Donovan Bailey, Mario Lemieux in 87, uh, Crosby in 2010, and uh, Bowman and Davis, the swimmers, in 1984. That was pretty cool. All right, Kellen, I'm going to play this, and then we can go straight to commercial. Todd brought it up. Here it is, the full Don Whitman call. I, I don't even know if we're allowed to use Olympic material. Usually you just get fired as a broadcaster if you lose the Olympic material. It's on YouTube, so I'm just using it. Yeah. Here's the full Don Whitman call of the 96 relay. Woohoo! Let's hear it. And they're off, and it's up to Robert Esme to run the band and make the clean exchange to Glenroy Gilbert, and he came flying out of the box. He did blast off. There goes Gilbert down the back straight. Gilbert is in a battle with Tim Hart, and now the third exchange, Marsh and Bruni Surin, and Bruni Surin has the lead. He's going to hand off in front of what appeared to Donovan Bailey. A clean Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.